It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Monday morning to you. It is May 8th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend as we start this new week. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. And you, Brenda? I had a wonderful weekend. Very and good. And in fact, the day's starting off really, really well. I think I need to put some sunglasses on. It is bright and beautiful it. out there this morning. Did you see the moon? I did not. Oh, it was yeah. bright. It's not a full moon yet. Yeah. But it was really uh, just bright in the sky. I think it's a uh, forewarning of some nice weather ahead. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I started out, I opened the shade, and it's just like, whoa, wow. I got to close the shade. It's too bright. <laughs> Oh, but as you said, yes, I had a wonderful weekend, a weekend at home. You know, we've had some pretty busy weekends over the last, you know, month. So, you know, things have gotten gotten a little bit behind. And last night by about, uh, oh... I think it was about 7.30 when I made the last switch from the washer to the dryer. My washer machine was just crying. <laughs> like, please stop. Please get, stop. I need a break. Get some good work in no. with the washing machine this yeah. weekend, did you? You know, of all of the appliances in our house, I think that is the one appliance that we have just used, sometimes abused, and are always thankful and especially sad if it has any issues. The washer and dryer in our house, that's uh, that's central to life. Yeah. Life lived well. Yeah, we we got we had to get a new washer and dryer. It's been over a year ago, I guess. We had one that lasted forever. I mean, this mm-hmm. this thing was a workhorse, but yeah, it probably wasn't the most energy efficient one because we had bought it so many years ago. Sure. So we got this new one. And when we got the new one, I was amazed at how less water it used right? compared to the old one. It Where was like, it, wait, wait a minute. It's, there's no water in this thing, but that's the way it works. It works way. great, though. It, yeah. Nice. And it's like, and I'm happy to be able to use it. And when the guy was selling it to us, it's like, oh, your water bill is going to be happy. On, nice. A lot of water goes into a washing, one of the, the older washing machines. Especially. Yeah. I had an old one. I think that, my, I mean, it was probably... 30 years ago, I think 33 years ago, the first one we bought when we got married, an old, uh, what is this, what was the Sears model of things? Ooh, Kenmore? Uh, Kenmore. Yeah. It was an old Kenmore. Yeah. And yeah, same thing. It was one of those top fill washers Mm -hmm. and you had to fill it up. Exactly. So that way everything was floating. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they don't do that anymore. They do not do that anymore. <laughs> Thankfully, saving the water there. But you kind of teased it. It's going to be a week as it moves on is going to get progressively warmer. And by the end of the week, now, of course, a lot of things can change in the course of five, six days, but they're saying maybe 90s by the weekend. For just in time for Mother's just Day. In, yeah, Sunday's forecast, sunny. Now, again, this could change. Sunny in 92 right. for Mother's Day. I, I'm not sure if that temperature will hold. I'm pretty confident, though, that that sunny weather, we're moving into a long stretch. They're like they're pretty confident when those long stretches of, of sun come along. What I am amazed, though, is how quickly we are moving from today's 60s. Yeah. It, it, within a week, we're back up into 90. It doesn't like ease over a long period of time like we'll have a long stretch of 70 degree mm-hmm. weather and then tip into 80 no we're going 70 Boom. 80 90 right four up. days just like that wow okay and, and even what i noticed today even after friday compared to today 
how much lighter it was this morning oh, yeah. versus Friday. I mean, it's really ramping up mm-hmm. as as you get up in the morning and how light it is. And like, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Bring it on. Summertime's a coming. It's a coming for sure. And we're going to feel it. So uh, that is another warning there, David, too. You said it by the weekend. Everyone, you are on the clock. Mother's Day. <laughs> That's right. Six days away. You got a week. Get it started right. Do not wait. Make those plans, especially if you're going to take your mom out to eat. Get those reservations in. Yeah, I've learned our lesson over the years. If you're trying to make a reservation like three days before Mother's Day, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, because stuff fills up pretty quickly. Yeah, and you might have to call a couple of places even this far out. So uh, (laughs) That's right. All right. Biggest biggest holiday of the year. (laughs) It is, isn't it? it? (laughs) I think it is. Yes, indeed. Uh, what do you have coming up this morning? Oh, David. Well, as joyful as we are this morning, it was a tough weekend across the United States. And once again, U.S. Bishop warns the community after a mass shooting at a Texas mm. mall. I'm going to have the latest on that. All right. And a state park in Oregon ranked one of the best in the country. Which we'll tell one? You, well, I'll tell you what it is coming up in the news. All right. got a great show ahead for you on this Monday morning. I'll start things now with Matt Redman and Bless the Lord. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy.
Matt Redmond and bless the Lord. It's 710 at Montreux Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this new week on this Monday morning. Well, it's Dina Marie and Father Cuban, the latest on Church Alive, correct? That's it. All right, there you go. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. You would send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News & World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Eastertide is filled with great joy and fervent prayer at Mater Dei Radio. During this special time in the church, join us in the celebration of our Lord's glorious resurrection through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the seasonal Regina Chaley prayer for the Queen of Heaven, the sacred mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and inspiring Eastertide reflections. We also rejoice in praying for your specific intentions on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. 
Just call 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at MatradeRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Our dedicated team will start praying for you right away. Experience the great joy of Eastertide and unite with us in prayer as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. And it is 713 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, if there is a chance for a shower this week, (laughs) today's the day, it looks like. Maybe even a thunderstorm later in the day today. We'll have a high of 62 degrees, about a 60% chance of rain overnight tonight. And then Tuesday, partly sunny skies, high of 67. Then Wednesday kind of begins the warm-up with sunny skies, a high of 73, and it just keeps getting warmer from beyond there. That's amazing. But it is a little bit cooler this morning. In fact, only 48 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 46 degrees at St. Stanislaus Church in Portland. Good morning. This is Dina Marie with The Church Alive, an update from the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. And today I'm visiting with Father Mike Kieber. He serves as our new director for Hispanic ministry for the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. His office provides direct support to our parishes with Hispanic Catholics, serving as a resource in the Archdiocese to help welcome and integrate the Hispanic community into the life of the church. Father Mike, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Dina Marie, and hello to all the listeners. It's been exciting to see this new voice for the Archdiocese, mm-hmm. the Church Alive newsletter. There's a particular newsletter I know for our priests and clergy and then mm-hmm. the Church Alive to the greater Catholic population, but keeping us updated on what's going on. And we saw your name. We've been seeing since February these gatherings mm-hmm. in the ministry that's just launched here. Give us a sense, February, early part of February. An amazing number of people from all over the Archdiocese gathered at the Pastoral Center. Mm-hmm. What was the purpose and what really happened at that first February meeting? Sure. So there were about 70 to 80 Hispanics who, who joined us. They, they represented 32 parishes within the Archdiocese. And so it was a good gathering. And it was leaders who were mainly lay, but we also had clergy there and deacons, deacons and priests. So we began with a a welcome. I welcomed them for making sacrifices. Some of them had to actually ask for time off work, so they're making sacrifices in that way. Some of them drove from Medford, you know, so they made sacrifices with their time, with their resources, just to be there. And then OCP was present. Two Two of the workers of OCP were present, and they provided us with music. And music is very important for the Hispanic community and Hispanic spirituality. So it was great to start start our time together praising God. I mean, what, mm-hmm. Can you think of a better way to start? <laughs> and so we did that, and then, and then we followed a, a method called ver, which means see, to see, evaluar, to evaluate, and then actuar, to act. And that was the method we, we followed. So I, I asked them, we were all broken up into tables, and I asked them, we gave them flip charts, too. And I, I asked them to write, what do you see in your parishes? And so they, they worked on that for about an hour or so. And, and uh, God's doing all kinds of great things mm-hmm. in our parishes in Hispanic ministry right now. Yeah. And, and I, instead of focusing on what's broken or what's, what the problems are, let's focus on 
the positive things. Let's focus on what's working well and strengthen that. And so that was what we did. And then we, we gave each group a chance to address the whole group. And this is what I see in my parish, or this is what I see in the, in the vicariate. And so that was uh, a moment of, I don't know, illumination, mm-hmm. enlightenment. And then we, had, we wanted to give the clergy a chance to talk, and clergy like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so it went on quite long, and we weren't able to get so much to the, the next thing. We, we focused on uh, el pasado, the, the past, el pasado y presente, the present, but we weren't able to get to el futuro. So what would we like to see in the future? And we'll, we're going to save that for another meeting. Wow. So By the end of that meeting, Father Mike, what did you take away? Okay, we've had this opportunity to kind of give you that next step forward in bringing leadership together and yeah. designing a plan. Yeah, so I, I think it was invaluable because in the Hispanic community, everything is relationships. It all goes back to relationships. So I think I'm starting to build good relationships with the Hispanic ministry leaders and gaining their trust. And and together, I mean, we're called to be a listening church. So I, I want to listen to them. And the other thing I've learned is don't plan for people. Don't plan for the Hispanics plan with the Hispanics. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to do. I want to plan with them our ministry as we go forward. Right. So... Father Mike Hebler is with us, the Director for Hispanic Ministry here in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. You can read a lot about what's coming up in terms of events and activities through the Church Alive newsletter. That's going to be one key way on a regular basis to inform and to educate and to invite people and to invite others to tell the story. Because mm-hmm. I think as well as as relationship building, I think telling stories... Oh, yeah has to be, for all of us, very mm-hmm. important to retaining our identity and our family life Yep, is in storytelling. Storytelling. And uh, I do, uh, in a book I wrote on preaching, I do talk about the importance of story and how, how the faith is transmitted in stories from the Bible, but also what's the story of our family? How did we come here to the United States? Why did we leave Mexico or Ecuador mm-hmm. and travel you know, a perilous journey to the United States where we didn't know the language, we didn't know the culture. So there's a story of of, of the Hispanic family uh, that, that needs to be heard, I'd say, mm-hmm. and understood. Right, right. So, so you gathered with this large number of leaders mm-hmm. in February. The next meeting was just this past March, but really for the clergy, our, our deacons and priests, to come together with you. What was really the content of that particular gathering? Sure. Uh, our next uh, major meeting was March 9th, and this was uh, for deacons and, and uh, priests, so clergy only. And we wanted, we wanted to give the leadership the priests and, and the deacons a chance to digest the information. So we, we took the flip charts and put them up on the wall, and then we had the the priests and deacons walk by and study those those mm-hmm. charts that, that their people had written and and then come back to their tables. And then we presented them with a summary of the report in Spanish, and we said, I'm a I'm a former teacher, so I didn't want to. I'm a current teacher too, but I didn't want to uh, bore them by reading this long report. <laughs> so we had them read the report at the table and then say, "Okay, 
we see what's going on. Now let's evaluate it, evaluar. And so they evaluated it and came up with a pastoral response. And so that was the, the content of that March 9th meeting with clergy. And I, I want to meet with clergy annually. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to gather them together because they are the true leaders uh, of of the Hispanic community. Right. So. Right. And Father Mike, that first component, seeing when you started to read those flip charts, were there some common threads from all of these different people from north, south, east to west? What are people seeing in their Hispanic communities? I think they're seeing that it's very lively, very vibrant. Um, Hispanic community has many movements in the, in the church, uh, including the charismatic renewal, including Curcio, including San Juan Diego. There's a new movement I just learned about in Salem called Kairos Kai Metanoia. It's a, a time for conversion and change of our lives. And uh, so that's at Salem, at Salem at St. Joseph's. And uh, so there's all kinds of good things that the Holy Spirit is doing in our Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. So. And in terms of generations, how many generations the desire to maintain that culture, but also to know there's this, I live here in the United States, how do I have a balance of maintaining my culture, my language, all the beauty that comes from where I'm from, but also to be here in Western Oregon? Sure, that's that's a a question it would probably take a few days right, for me I to know, answer, but but a short answer would be that uh, we often are, uh, as preachers, I'm a preacher of the gospel as a priest, and I find myself preaching to three generations. Mm. There's the, 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 the grandparents, you know, the abuelos, and then there's the padres, they're there, and then the children. And so... The, the padres and the abuelos, they may, they may prefer Spanish, the whole mass in Spanish, but their, their kids may not speak Spanish, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they may just listen to it and understand it and always respond in English. So they're not comfortable speaking Spanish. And yet they grow up in a Hispanic household with Hispanic culture. So you can't just say do everything in English or do it like the Anglo-Americans do it. Because they're Hispanic, mm-hmm. and so they learn. They often learn prayers in their sacred language, language that they learn from their mother, who taught them prayers when they were young. But then also, um, Mother Church, you know, has taught them how to pray, and often it is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we need to provide sacramental ministry and ministry of the Word, pastoral care to to Hispanics in their own language understand their culture especially that's often the big missing pieces we don't understand their culture and so we have we have a coming together of two cultures culture from these hispanic countries who and then people emigrate to the united states and that culture meshes with our culture and something new comes out of it and that's that's the hispanic reality and that's what this book is about preaching to latinos right Father Mike Kieber is with us, and as you bring up that book, you bring up a few more questions. We are coming to a break, but I want to take a break and then come back, talk a little bit more about the uh, Hispanic community and the Hispanic moment that you write about in the book. So stay with us here again. Father Mike Kieber with the Hispanic Ministry Office here in the Archdiocese of Portland. We'll be back in just a few minutes. 
And it is 7.24 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, as nice weather begins to move across the region, many communities, parishes, and ministries, well, you're starting to have some great activities, some things happening indoors and enjoying the outdoor weather. Our community calendar is full of wonderful events across the region, well, that will fill your spirit with joy. Please head over to our community calendar. You're going to access it on our webpage under the Get Involved menu. You'll also have access to the calendar on our free Hail Mary media app. And if your ministry or parish has a great event coming up, you want to invite the entire community to join you, well, please let Deborah know here at Mantra Day Radio. She will be sure to get that listing up right away. It is our community calendar. Again, find it at MontraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 727 and Mater Day Radio, and a missing toddler is found near Hubbard. We'll have the story in the news. And WSU Vancouver fills an amphitheater in Ridgefield with faculty, students, and very happy family and friends. Nearly 900 graduates will begin their journey. I'll have that story for you coming up in the news. Here is PJ Anderson and Rise. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Bring new life to us all We rise 
PJ Anderson and Rise. It's 7:30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, Dallas Bishop Edward J. Burns addressed the faithful of the diocese saying, with a heavy heart, late Saturday, after at least eight people, including a child, were killed during a mass shooting that afternoon in an outlet mall in Allen, Texas. Like all of you, he said, I'm deeply troubled by the shooting in the community of Allen and the senseless disregard for life that has occurred in our community, Bishop Burns said in a statement. The Catholic community is in unity and solidarity with the families who have lost loved ones in this tragedy. May God, our Heavenly Father, bring comfort and strength to all affected by this tragic event. And we ask God to comfort our community, the victims and their families. Now, authorities said a gunman opened fire at the Outland Premium Outlet, a Dallas-area outlet mall, killing eight and wounding at least another seven people before being killed by a police officer who happened to be at the mall. Now, victims range in age from five to 61 years old, authorities said. Now, by Sunday afternoon, authorities said they still had no information as to the shooter's motive. And Pope Francis on Sunday warned against the danger of living life without a sense of purpose or destination to set our course by, reminding the faithful that Jesus is our compass for achieving heaven, our true home. Now, speaking to pilgrims gathered on the Sunday in St. Peter's Square to pray the Regina Chaley, the Pope reflected on the day's gospel reading in which Jesus consoles his disciples before his ascension, telling them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Pope Francis said that keeping in mind where life is headed is the way to get through the experience of fatigue, bewilderment, and even failure. He said when we lose sight of what makes life worth living for, we compress our lives into the present. Our homeland, he said, instead is in heaven. Now, after reciting the Regina Chaley, the Pope said a special hello for members of the Swiss Guard with their friends and family members who participated in Saturday's swearing-in ceremony. There were 23 recruits sworn in on May 6th, the traditional day of the initiation ceremony, which marks the anniversary of the sacrifice of 147 Swiss Guard who died during the sack of Rome in 1527 as they protected Pope Clement the seventh. 
Authorities yesterday said they found the two-year-old girl who vanished from her home near Hubbard, Oregon, Saturday night. The girl went missing north of Oregon Road 211 around 6 p.m. near the border of Clackamas and Marion counties. She was found 17 hours later, exposed to the elements, but in good health, according to the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office, who said she was then taken to the hospital. Now, according to a close family friend, the toddler's 12-year-old brother and grandfather were watching her while her mother was at work. The grandfather was keeping an eye on her while her brother stepped away to use the bathroom, and at some point she walked out of the house and in those few moments disappeared. Mm. Clackamas County Search and Rescue found her at 11 a.m. Sunday. Oh. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Mm. The the fright and fear. And it even continues, you know, just because she's been found, boy, you know that mom is having a hard time trying to get things. That shakes you. Yeah, for Mm. sure. So, oh, what a relief that she is found. Well, WSUV graduated 847 people Saturday at the RV InStyle Resort Amphitheater in Ridgefield. That included 40 people who received doctoral degrees, 68 who received master's degree, and another 740 who received their bachelor's degree. No more than 500 graduates participated in the day's festivities, which also saw the presentation of five chancellor's award for service, equity, research, and student achievements, as well as a student award for teaching excellence. University Chancellor Mel Netzhammer said, Our commencement ceremony today is the end of a chapter in your life, and today you start the next chapter. And the chancellor went on to thank the family and friends of the students who gathered for this celebration. I bring this up because I was excited to see on several of my friends post pictures of their children graduating at this uh, WSU Vancouver satellite uh, campus. Yeah. That's a big class. That is a big class. 815 That's nearly. Great. Well, it's great to see that there's doctoral master programs available there now, too. And of course, uh, yesterday, too, University of Portland, they had their big commencement exercises they had two yesterday so uh, congratulations to all the graduates That's right and of course including uh, mount angel on saturday yeah their commencement so big weekend for so Uh, many to celebrate that time of year well outside magazine has named ecola state park on the oregon coast as one of the 18 best state parks in the u.s publication called the popular destination Moody and dramatic and drop-dead gorgeous. What? Yes. Found on the North Oregon coast near Cannon Beach, Ecola is known for its dramatic cliffside views, as well as its beach access points and dense coastal forest. Magazine also noted the good surfing at Ecola with conditions ideal for beginners. Ecola was the only Pacific Northwest park to make the cut, joining 17 other state parks from Alaska to Maine. Outside said the list was generated by local experts to select spots that offered Wildlife, flora, wilderness, solitude, dramatic landscapes, and national park-like experiences. Ecola offers a variety of hiking experiences as well, including the newly reopened Indian Beach Trail and Clatsop Loop Hike. Have you ever been to Ecola State Park? Absolutely. That's yeah, gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. It does get, I mean, of course, you got that one small parking lot, so it yeah, does fill it up. Can... And then there's access to other trails but you got to cross the road Mm -hmm. that always made me just a little bit nervous but that beach access and you're right because you you park and then you got to hike down to the beach uh which is great but then you get these little glimpses between the trees of the beach down there and uh oh absolutely one of the best i agree
A stretch of TriMet's Max Train service has resumed normal operations on Sunday after service was disrupted for three weeks while crews worked on track upgrades and maintenance along the Interstate 84 corridor. Now, all train services had been suspended between Northeast 7th Avenue Station and Gateway Transit Center since April 16th for TriMet's A Better Red project. Now, TriMet had shuttle buses running on a loop between those two stations and stopping at the Lloyd Center, Hollywood, Northeast 60th Avenue, and 82nd Avenue stations in between. Now, the closure was primarily to give crews space to add new switches and crossover junctions to the tracks north of Gateway. But crews also performed more than a dozen other maintenance and cleanup projects along the I-84 Max Corridor. So bet people are glad to have that Mm -hmm. working again. In sports, the NBA playoffs, Western Conference semifinal between Phoenix and Denver, all knotted at two games apiece now following the Suns. 129-124 129-124 to 124 victory over the Nuggets yesterday evening. Series returns to Denver for Game 5 tomorrow night. In the East, it was Philadelphia edging Boston 116-115. to 115. Series also tied at 2-all with Game 5 set for tomorrow on the Celtics' home floor. Tonight, it's New York at Miami with the Heat leading the series 2-1. to one. And in the West, Golden State plays at Los Angeles with the Lakers now up two games to one. On the defending champs. All right, getting exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, what is the best gift a child could receive on their first communion? I saw this great article on Alatea.org and it reminded me because just yesterday at Holy Redeemer, oh, I got to sit and watch a few of their first communicants receive their first communion. So very beautiful. Well, it is a new toy, maybe a shiny new Bible or fancy necklace. Yeah. No, actually, the best gift a child can receive on their first communion is Jesus himself. Now, this may seem like a letdown to some, but in reality, we can cherish this gift for the rest of our lives and even into eternity. When recalling his first communion, Pope Benedict XVI explained what he felt on that day, saying, But at the heart of my joyful and beautiful memories is this one. I understood that Jesus had entered my heart, he had actually visited me. And with Jesus, God himself was with me. And I realized that this is a gift of love that is truly worth more than all of the things that life can give. And John Paul II described the first communion of St. Teresa of Lisieux when meeting with children in 1979. This is what he said. St. Therese of the Child Jesus, recalling the day of her first communion, wrote down, Oh, how sweet was the first kiss that Jesus gave my soul. It was a kiss of love. I felt loved and I said in my turn, I love you. I give myself for you forever. Well, unfortunately, our children do not always have the same response to such a gift. As with all graces, it will depend on how well the child is disposed to receiving Jesus and if they know whom they are receiving. Yet, that should not stop us from trying to show our children how beautiful a gift they will be receiving and to remind ourselves of the gift that we receive every Sunday. I have a photograph my parents took of me where I'm just like, third grade, I think, standing on the steps of uh, St. Vincent's Church in Salem 
First Communion. I've got a little white shirt on, a little bow tie. Yes. Shaking the hand of the priest on the oh, steps on the First Communion. I always remember that perfect. photo. Yeah, it was great. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Thursday, beginning at 7 o'clock, is the Archbishop's Lecture Series, The Gift of Liturgical Wisdom of Pope Benedict XVI. It's happening at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. The Archbishop Lecture Series offers all people of the Archdiocese of Portland the opportunity to reflect with distinguished Catholic intellectuals, authors, and scholars on compelling topics concerning the Catholic faith. And stick around for the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to be talking with Dr. Roland Malare who is the guest lecturer. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. That photograph, by the way, just several years ago. Not too long ago. (laughs) Yes, many, many decades (laughs) ago. Hey, Dean Marie continues her interview on Church Alive right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.43 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, it may not seem like it outside, but they do think that showers will be headed this way this afternoon. Thunderstorms also possible, especially in central and eastern Oregon as highs across the region stay in the lower 60s. Overnight, we cool down to the mid-40s. Then beginning tomorrow, we got a dry spell through the week that could lead us to 90 degree temperature by the weekend. How about that? Currently 48 degrees, Marist High School in Eugene. And it is 49 degrees at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church here in Portland. This is Dina Marie, and I'm continuing my Church Alive update today with Father Mike Kieber, who serves as our Director for Hispanic Ministry for the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Father Mike's been sharing about some of the early meetings this year, gathering leadership, volunteers, or priests, religious uh, deacons coming together to really share their message. And I know upcoming, you'll read about it more and hear about it in Church Alive, is a May event at St. Anthony's. But I want to have you talk a little bit, Father Mike, because you did write a book. It's Mm -hmm. called Preaching to Latinos, Welcoming the Hispanic Moment in the U.S. Church. Mm -hmm. What is the Hispanic moment that you write about? But how does it relate to us here in Western Oregon? So the Hispanic moment is the fact that the U.S. Catholic Church is is undergoing a present transformation of becoming predominantly Latino. The demographic studies show that she is right now 43% Latino overall, and 60% of the Catholics under the age of 18 are Latino. 
This Hispanic moment means not only that the people in the pews are Latinos, but that those involved in leadership and ministries are also increasingly Hispanic. What is distinct about the Hispanic moment contrasted with other moments, so you can think of like a German moment or an mm-hmm. Italian moment or a, a Polish moment when, when our forefathers came here as Catholics and wanted to practice. Those were all those moments. But what's different now is the sheer size of the Hispanic population in the Catholic Church. Never has the immigrant population of the U.S. Catholic Church been so predominantly from one ethnic group. Though not monolithic, this new ethnicity will soon become the majority of Catholics in the United States. Mm. And so I think that's, that's really what the Hispanic moment is. Here in Western Oregon, right now, this is what a bishop told me here, 48% of the all the Catholics in United, in uh, Western Oregon are Latino, are Hispanic. Yeah. So, so it's incredible what God is doing. It is so amazing. And you mentioned earlier the gathering of just about 80 leaders talking about what do we see? Mm-hmm. You know, what are those strengths that we see coming from this, this community, these families, sure. multi-generations? What are those beautiful strengths? Uh, I would say three things. Uh, Family, faith, and then also popular piety. Mm, mm-hmm. Family, faith, and popular piety. So family, the notion of family for a Hispanic goes beyond the nuclear family. Yeah. You know, of a father and mother and children. It, it includes abuelos, so grandma and grandpa, tios, tias, aunts and uncles, so there's a, a notion of the extended family. The, the, this is all part of my family. Mm-hmm. And then family grows by the sacrament of baptism. Mm-hmm. When I become a padrino, when I become a, a, a godparent. So that means being present at the baptism, but then also accompanying that person throughout their life. And uh, being, being present at First Communion, being present at Confirmation, being present at marriage. And contributing financially. Mm-hmm. So there's real skin in the game, I would say, when you become a padrino. Right. It's a, it's a commitment, serious commitment. Right. And certainly the faith, the Catholic faith, is part of the family. I mean, yeah. that's what fuels and feeds the right. sacraments, feed the family life. Right, right. And so family is, is crucial to the identity of Hispanics. That's that's how they that's the lens that they look at the world with is through my family, mm-hmm. and so there was a bishop at one point, a, a, bishop, a Hispanic bishop, who was describing the difference. He said, "In Mexico, my relatives would visit me every day." <laughs> he says, "Here in the United States, it's maybe once a week, <laughs> <laughs> if that." Yeah, yeah, and so so, anyways, it's a different culture. Uh, faith is is really. Uh, key to it all, though, however. So they, they want to grow in their faith. They've learned the faith from these countries of origin, mm-hmm. and they've, they've learned these practices, and they want to bring them to the United States and practice their faith here. They also want to bring, uh, pass on their faith to their children. They often don't know how. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think one of, one of the ways they can do that is through popular piety, popular religiosity. So if you go to a Hispanic home, there's often a little altar, an altarcito, like in a corner over there or some, some, at some place in the house. And there you'll find a crucifix. You'll mm-hmm. see the crucified Lord. And there you'll find Our Lady of Sorrows, Sorrows and often an uh, image of Our Lady Guadalupe. You'll find images of the saints. You'll find rosaries. You'll find candles. But 
a Hispanic young lady was talking about what she saw, and she saw her mom kneel and pray at the altarcito one time. And uh, she was profoundly moved by just watching her mother pray. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of a beautiful image. It's a beautiful example to pass along the faith, and we're learning that more and more uh, yeah. with this um, this amazing growth of the Hispanic community, not only here in Western Oregon, but you're saying in the United States, the population continues to grow in so the church. I, yeah, I make a direct connection between the faith of Hispanics and popular piety. So they're, they're, they gravitate towards symbols, mm-hmm. processions, devotions to Our Lady, Eucharistic adoration. They love all that, those, those rich symbols we have as Catholics. And I think that's a gift they bring to, to the Catholic Church in the United States. Right, right. So, Father Mike Keeber with us again, Director of Hispanic Ministry for the Archdiocese. She'll always be learning more about what's happening with this ministry in the Church Alive weekly newsletter. It comes out on Thursdays from the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. There's going to be another event coming up really following your February, March, just with our clergy, Mm -hmm. but in May, another gathering to continue on, see, evaluate, then taking action. What will this meeting on May 18th at St. Anthony's in Tigard really be about, and who's all invited? Sure. Uh, So this meeting uh, will be ongoing training of Hispanic ministry leaders. Like you said, we've already met once. We're going to meet again, and and we'll be meeting two times in the fall. So I'm setting up regular meetings, you know, through 2023, and then I've got to do a calendar for 2024. Mm-hmm. I'd like just to have quarterly meetings. Yeah. So in this meeting, in the last meeting, we did a lot of uh, a bear, what do you see? And and this is a time for evaluar, moving toward actuar, to, to acting. We have limited resources, and so we have to make hard decisions. And so I think I want input from people. I want to hear what they're, they're saying. And I, I want to discern what's the Lord saying to us as mm-hmm. far as the direction we need to go. So it's really a time for continuing to build relationships, continuing to gather the leaders and training them. And what I'm trying to do is train the trainers. So yeah. they're the trainers in their parishes. They're the ones who lead ministry, and they need to train people volunteers to do ministry. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is if I train them well, then they can go back to their parishes renewed, strengthened, with more knowledge, with more hope, and they can provide the training for catechists, for parents, for whoever needs it in their parishes. So, yeah, because I I, I have the image of Atlas, you know, who's got uh, (laughs) – he's got a planet on his shoulders (laughs) – because I'm director of Hispanic ministry. Right. Well, Hispanic ministry is just all those who go to go to church, all the Hispanics, but then uh, all the Hispanics who don't go to church. Yeah. And so how can I care for this whole community? Uh, right. By the grace of God and <laughs> focusing on the leaders, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And so. I think, really, you mentioned the, the devotions, the devotionals, the prayer— this Eucharistic adoration, this time of really Eucharistic revival, I think will really continue to revive the whole church, but particularly our Hispanic brothers and sisters, because it just speaks to their heart and mm-hmm. their culture is Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, so I, I think in my experience of serving as a priest for 23 years, uh, the majority of that time has been 
serving the Hispanic community. And I have been so moved and so blessed by their love for the Lord in the Eucharist and, and their love for adoration. And I think that's another gift they bring to us, just their piety, their devotion, their simple faith. Yeah. You know, it's, and it, it's expressed, you know, in this popular religiosity, which is religion from the people. They want to bring that to the church, and I think they find that same uh, symbol or same presence of God when they do Eucharistic adoration. Right. So— the next meeting is coming up Thursday, May 18th, 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. So if people do want to come, do they need to RSVP? Should they just show up? Yeah, we need to RSVP because we're going to have food when they arrive. Okay. So, so this is part of the feedback of our, our leaders is a lot of them work during the day. So they're coming directly from work. Mm-hmm. So we want to feed them a meal and then get to work. Okay. And so those who, who should come to the meeting should RSVP. Uh, let us know you're coming so we get the right amount of food. <laughs> Bring your appetites and your goodwill. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Again, St. Anthony's and Tigard will be the host church for that Thursday night, May 18th. You'll learn more about it on the Church Alive newsletter. Archdpdx.org is the website. You can go right to the Hispanic Ministries office link on the website. Is, uh, is there an email that's best to connect with you directly, Father Mike? Uh, my archdiocesan email, M-K-U-E-B-E-R at P-D-X dot org. Okay, perfect. And we'll get that information on this podcast sure. as well. Father Mike, we're grateful for you to be here, part of this amazing family. And let's continue to pray together. And we'll continue to pray for all of us in, as we work in this ministry together. Would you help us close with a closing prayer? Sure. Let us turn to Our Lady, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Mike. Have a blessed day. Thank you. And it is 7.55 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, that entire part one and part two interview with Father Kieber and Dana Marie will be made into a podcast that you'll be able to catch on our webpage. You're also going to have access to all of our great podcasts and interviews like the one you just heard on the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. A great way to support Modern Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at MaterDayRadio.com. 
grab some coffee, and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 757 at Mater Day Radio, and it's no longer a global emergency, so says the World Health Organization. Story in the news. And a shakeup with the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. How would the hunt for a new director affect this year's program? I'll share that with you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. It's said that God often chooses weak instruments, that the people he seeks to do great works through are incapable or unqualified. The saints certainly demonstrate this idea. While many of them were accomplished nobles or prolific writers, the kind of people anyone would respect, there are also a great many whose lives seem entirely unremarkable. Today, we celebrate one of these humble lives, Blessed Ulrika Franziska Nisch. Ulrika was born in 1882 in southern Germany. She was the first child of 11, and her parents, far from wealthy, struggled to support her and her siblings. As a result of their limited income, Ulrika had to live with her relatives, separate from much of her family. If this was difficult for Ulrika, she didn't show it. As a child, she was devout and well-behaved. She received her first communion at 13, and then spent a few years obtaining a general education. After this, she started traveling around working as a maid. She went as far as Switzerland, to find work and sent money back home to help support her family. When she was in her early 20s, she fell seriously ill. But she was fortunate enough to get help from the Swiss Sisters of the Holy Cross of Ingenball, who nursed her back to health. Grateful for their assistance and inspired by their generosity and holiness, Ulrika decided to enter into religious life. She joined the Holy Cross Sisters in one of their houses closer to her home. And after a few more years, she was able to take her vows. Though she had become a nun, Ulrika's life didn't change a whole lot. She was still a servant, but rather than for the wealthy, she now served the poor and the sick. Most of her time was spent in a kitchen, preparing food for her sisters and for those unable to provide for themselves. Her prior illness was unfortunately a sign of worse to come, and Ulrika suffered greatly in her mid to late 20s. Constant painful headaches made her work difficult, and in 1912, she was struck with tuberculosis. She endured these trials patiently, always focused on her work and thankful to God for her ability to serve. By 1913, her tuberculosis had become severe, and she died in May of the same year at only 30 years old. Though she had never sought fame, many people had been touched by her attitude of humble service, and the story of her life spread. By the 1960s, her grave had become a popular pilgrimage site visited by hundreds of thousands of people. Ongoing devotion to Ulrika prompted the Archbishop of Freiburg to learn more about her life. This began the process by which Pope John Paul II would eventually pronounce her blessed in 1987. It should go without saying that time and talent are irrelevant in the face of God, but it's easy to forget that. We spend so much of our time each day dedicating ourselves to our families, our jobs, and everything else that matters to us. And while these things are important, it's equally important to put them in the right context and remember that our faith should be part of all of them. Ulrika's life was short and simple, and yet she served and continues to serve as a holy example to many people because she truly understood whom she was living for. Blessed Ulrika Franziska Nisch, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. Pope Francis on Sunday warned against the danger of living life without a sense of purpose or a destination to set our course by. 
and reminding the faithful that Jesus is our compass for reaching heaven, our true home. Now, speaking to pilgrims gathered on a sunny day in St. Peter's Square to pray the Regina Chaley, the Pope reflected on the day's gospel reading in which Jesus consoles his disciples before his ascension, telling them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, Pope Francis said that keeping in mind where life is headed is the way to get through the experience of fatigue, bewilderment, even failure. And when we lose sight of what makes life worth living for, he said, we compress our life into the present, the Pope said. Now, we merely seek maximum enjoyment and end up living day by day without purpose, and without a goal. Our homeland instead, he said, is in heaven. Let us not forget the greatness and the beauty of our destination. Well, horrifying security camera footage has captured the moments before an SUV slammed into a crowd of people outside a migrant shelter in the border city of Brownsville, Texas, on Sunday morning. The video shared by Texas Congressman Henry Kuehler shows a group of people waiting for a bus outside the city's Bishop Enrique San Pedro Ozanam Center. Now, a gray Range Rover then ran into them. Seven people were killed in the crash, which officially in, uh, officials initially said appeared to be intentional before an eighth victim succumbed to their injuries in a hospital later on Sunday. At least nine others were hospitalized. Most of the victims were Venezuelan men who had spent the night at the shelter and were boarding a bus to return to downtown Brownsville. Sister Norma Pimentel, the executive director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, said the Ozanam Center in Brownsville typically houses some migrants overnight and has received no direct threats in connection with the border crisis in recent weeks. Sister Pimentel said it was truly unfortunate that this tragic thing happened, according to NBC News. She went on to say it's something that, with all the attention to the migrants, it must pick up the attention to those who are against them. Migrants, she said, don't deserve to face this tragic reality. The World Health Organization has downgraded its assessment of the coronavirus pandemic, saying it no longer qualifies as a global emergency. The action reverses a declaration that was first made on January 30th, 2020, when the disease had not even been named COVID-19 and when there were no major outbreaks beyond China. WHO Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus said the pandemic has been on a downward trend for more than a year, with population immunity increasing from vaccination and infection, adding that has allowed most coronavirus or most countries rather to return to life as we knew it before COVID-19, meaning that the worst part of the pandemic is over. Tedros said what this news means is that it's time for countries to transition from emergency mode to manage COVID-19 alongside other infectious diseases, warning people continue to die from the virus. Wow. Well, I I think that's good news. Is this something that we can now say is is behind us? Well, you'd like to think. We'll see. It'll always probably be around, but I think, like he said, it'll just become another one of those diseases. Influenza, whatever. 
Well, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival artistic director, Nataki Garrett, resigned from the organization on Friday. Garrett is leaving the Oregon Shakespeare Festival after four years leading the organization. Now, according to the festival, OSF board member Octavio Solis will step in to help support the artistic leadership team and find a replacement artistic director during the transition. Solis is a playwright and director based in Medford, Oregon. Now, OSV Endowment Board President Paul Christie said Solis will help get the organization to continue forward without disruption to the current season. Now, Garrett's resignation comes during a fundraising campaign to save the current theater season and the organization itself as they struggle amidst a financial crisis. In a prepared statement, Garrett didn't provide a specific reason for leaving the organization. OSV is trying to raise $2.5 million in order to prevent layoffs and complete the 2023 season. The organization has already suspended planning for the 2024 season pending the fundraising campaign and is expected to provide next steps for this season by the end of the month. And speaking of festivals, with Portland's biggest event of the year, the Rose Festival fast approaching, its iconic Grand Floral Parade will be staying on the east side of town this year. The parade, one of the three put on by the festival, returned last year after a two-year pandemic pause. But instead of its usual route over the Burnside Bridge into the downtown core, it shortened its distance and stayed on the east side of the Willamette River. It was the first time in 48 years that the parade hadn't gone through downtown. City and parade officials say ongoing police and volunteer shortages, as well as pending upgrades to the Burnside Bridge, keep the east side as the best alternative for the time being. Whether or not the Grand Floral Parade returns to its downtown route in years to come remains to be seen. The parade is scheduled for June 10th. I think the week before you have the Portland Starlight Parade. Okay. And that will go continue to go through the downtown area. I've been to the Starlight Parade. It's fun. Oh, the kids love it. Yep. Well, Washington State University, Vancouver, graduated 847 people on Saturday at the RVN Resort-style amphitheater in Ridgefield, including 40 people who received doctoral degrees, 68 people received master's degree, and a whopping 739 they got their bachelor's degree. More than 500 graduates did participate in the day's festivities, which also saw the presentation of five chancellor awards for service equity, research, and student achievement, as well as a student award for teaching excellence. University Chancellor Mel Netzhammer said, Our commencement ceremony today is the end of this chapter in your life and the start of the next chapter. The chancellor went on to thank the families and friends of the students who had gathered for the celebration. He pointed out how difficult these students entered into college because their freshman year was during the COVID shutdown. So they graduated, many graduated from college or high school under COVID restrictions Mm -hmm. and then entered into college and now graduating, uh, having experienced their whole whole college life during this pandemic. Yeah, we were talking to Dan Christofferson, University of Portland, last week about that. UAP had their graduation ceremony yesterday, and he was mentioning that same thing about this is a graduating class that experienced a lot of ups and downs with the pandemic. Yeah, no doubt. 
In sports, college baseball, Oregon State downed Utah 11-4 yesterday afternoon at Goss Stadium in Corvallis to win the series two games to one. Beavers will face the University of Portland tomorrow at Ron Tonkin Field in Hillsboro. Pilots had the weekend off. Down in Los Angeles, USC defeated Oregon 11-4. Trojans win that three-game series 2-1. Ducks return home for a three-game series with the Washington Huskies beginning Friday. Well, so much of what we read or watch online today is written to go viral or get clicks. The advice we see is trendy and will quickly change with the next fad. So where can we go when we are truly looking for trustworthy, time-tested wisdom to guide us in our lives? Well, go to the church. As St. Peter once said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so we can go to the catechism, the Bible, and the many writings of saints and theologians. Now, the wisdom of the church is time-tested and trustworthy. It's not here to sell you something, but to show you how to live a holy, purposeful life. And spiritual writings don't vie for your attention and flatter your ego so that you will watch all of the accounts and videos on the Instagram page. I've never done that before, oh, David, no, sure ever. Yeah. yeah. Instead, <laughs> the saints write in a way that's straightforward, honest, and full of wisdom. St. Francis de Sales said it perfectly in the introduction to the devout life. He said, say frequently in the midst of your contradictions, this is the path to heaven. Now, there are so many contradictions you might be facing, including starting a new job, or new school. Maybe you're moving your home or enduring an illness, maybe even grieving a loved one. In all of these instances, use the gift of St. Francis de Sales in these six words. This is the path to heaven. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up on Friday, beginning at 6 o'clock, is St. Alice Dedication Dinner and Auction. And of course, happening at St. Alice Catholic Church in Springfield. All are invited to celebrate the 58th anniversary of St. Alice Church Dedication. 6 o'clock begins the dinner, and then at 6.30, the live auction. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. And you're going to hear about the lecture series on Pope Benedict. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. 
Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com. Eastertide is filled with great joy and fervent prayer at Mater Dei Radio. During this special time in the church, join us in the celebration of our Lord's glorious resurrection through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the seasonal Regina Chaley prayer for the Queen of Heaven, the sacred mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and inspiring Eastertide reflections. We also rejoice in praying for your specific intentions on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. Just call 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Our dedicated team will start praying for you right away. Experience the great joy of Eastertide and unite with us in prayer as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. It is 8.15 at Mater Dei Radio. There's about a 60% chance of showers later today through tonight. High today, 62 degrees. Low tonight, 46 degrees. Then partly sunny for Tuesday, a high of 67. And it just gets sunnier and warmer from there right on through the week. Yeah, absolutely. Currently, it is 49 degrees at St. Philip's Catholic Church in Woodland, Washington. And 47 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Lebanon. In their effort to provide opportunity for all of us, a deeper understanding of our faith, the Archdiocese of Portland offers the Archbishop's Lecture Series. Now, the Archbishop Lecture Series offers all people of the Archdiocese an opportunity to reflect with distinguished Catholic intellectuals, authors, scholars on very, very important topics concerning our Catholic faith and its relationship to the modern world. Well, there an, an incredible evening is coming up on Thursday as the community is invited to Christ the King Parish here in Milwaukee to hear Dr. Roland Miliare speak on the gift of the liturgical wisdom of Joseph Ratzinger. Well, that is Pope Benedict XVI. Dr. Miliari serves as the Vice President of Curriculum and Director of Clergy Initiatives for the St. John Paul II Foundation. And he is joining me today. Good morning, Roland. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule and be with us today. Good morning, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, Roland, not to embarrass you, but you have quite a few initials after your name. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about you and some of the incredible work that you're doing for the church. Sure. So I'm a, well, I'm a native Houstonian. I'm from Texas. The Texans are very proud of being from Texas, but I'm a Texapino. So that means I'm first generation Filipino. Both of my parents are from the Philippines. Um, you know, my mother is one of the Philippines, uh, greatest export that is nurses. Uh, so that's what brought her here over to the U.S. And then I got my undergraduate degree in theology at Francis University of Steubenville in Ohio. 
then my master's degree uh, focusing on moral theology, Christendom Graduate School, the Notre Dame Graduate School, and then my licentiate and doctorate uh, in sacred theology um, from the University of St. Mary of the Lake in, in Mundelein, Illinois. Well, as I said to our listeners, there's a lot of degrees there, and it really, you know, to to have those degrees, it's so important, especially when you you know, want to talk on the faith in matters such as Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. But with that upbringing, we know that there's a strong Catholic faith in the Filipino community. Was the practice of the faith just in everyday life an important part of your life growing up with your family? Sure, uh, especially more with respect to my mother, my father, unfortunately, uh, yeah, as more kind of the Christmas Easter Catholic, but my mother uh, definitely uh, making sure we attended Mass Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation, you know, introdu- introducing us to the Rosary, you know, devotion to the Santo Nino, Novenas, uh, is very much, you know, as many Filipino Americans or Filipinos in general know, I mean, intertwined with, with the culture. Even now, I mean, the Philippines remains a country that's at least on paper, right, 80% uh, percent, um, Catholic, right? And it's a country where abortion is illegal, the death penalty, there's a moratorium, uh, so on and so forth. Well, incredible. That really set you up, I believe, to to dive deep into the faith and to be able to provide us just a great lecture coming up. You know, speaking of Joseph Ratzinger, you know, for many, his writings so complex. In fact, well, maybe as you've done, you could spend your entire education studying it. But the gift of Joseph Ratzinger in his writing and his deep theology, how is it going to shape really the whole face of the church? I mean, from his papacy, maybe even before that, into the future. Sure. You know, I think uh, you know, people will continue to read and to think about what Joseph Ratzinger, that is Pope Benedict XVI, has has written. Um, I mean, there, you know, yes, he's a this great intellect, this great theologian. In fact, arguably, we may never in our lifetime encounter the kind of intellect that we have. Someone like Pope Benedict. Uh, but the other, the other piece of him is, you know, the great humility with which he approached the truth. In fact, one of his former students, Father Vincent Toomey, said. Uh, one of his chief characteristics as, as a man and as a theologian is that he did not take himself seriously. But what he does take seriously is his quest for the truth and really had this great ability to speak not only to great intellectuals, Christians and non-Christians alike, but even to the mirrors of children. In fact, when he was a priest um, in, in Bavaria, one of his, his children's masses had, had standing room only because he could speak with that kind of Clarity. In fact, I wasn't surprised when I'd heard or it was reported that his last words uh, you know, that were audible were, oh, Lord, I love you. Right? I mean, this is a man who not only knew the truth, uh, but had a great love for it. And really, his desire was for others to, to come to know and, and, and love Jesus. Right? That, I mean, in fact, he, he said as much in, in his first encyclical as Pope, Deus Caritas S. So Christianity is, you know, not. Um, an abstraction. It's not about an ethical choice. It's about a person. It's about the person of Jesus. Or elsewhere, I think in World Youth in Cologne, he said, you know, the happiness you seek has a name and a face, Jesus mm. in in the Holy Eucharist. Uh, and really, you know, for Thursday's lecture, which I'm looking forward to, I mean, as I mentioned off air, this, this is kind of a bonus. I'm going to the, the Portland area primarily for 
to serve the deacons and their wives there in the Archdiocese retreat there at Mount Angel. Uh, and so this invitation came on the heels of that. And so this is an ad bonus to be able to talk about his beautiful uh, theology of the liturgy. I mean, his theology of the liturgy um, is really central to all of, uh, all of his theology. Oh, and what a great bonus I have this morning to be able to talk with you. If you're just tuning in, I am speaking with Dr. Roland Miliari. He will be joining the community at Christ the King. We are all invited on May 11th at 7.15 in the evening for a special talk. And of course, as you just said, the deacon, the permanent deacons and their wives have a special opportunity to spend a weekend with him. Well, Roland, it's going to be such a wonderful evening to be able to have you at Christ the King Church. And I want to know more about what we're going to talk about that evening. But I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue to talk about the theology of Joseph Rossinger, our beloved Pope Benedict Sixteenth? Yes, absolutely, Brenda. And it is 822 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Monday morning. Hey, one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page, a couple forms you need to fill out, and you're good to go. Really a quick and easy process and a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when people set out to destroy the church? They don't destroy the church, but they manage to wreck everything else. G.K. Chesterton says men who begin to fight the church for the sake of freedom and humanity end up flinging away freedom and humanity if only they may fight the church. The secularists have not managed to destroy divine things, but they have destroyed secular things. Thanks to the war against the church, the world is a mess. We have more disorder, more distress, more discontent than ever before. And that's why we must defend the faith. By defending God's truth, we are defending all truth. By defending the church, we are saving the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. 
I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the voice of the shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 825 at Mater Day Radio. State Park in Oregon is listed as one of the best in the country. We'll tell you where it is in the news. And once again, a U.S. bishop mourns with a community after a mass shooting at a Texas mall. I have the latest from that story. Here is the Vigil Project and... Hosanna. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus.
That is The Vigil Project and Hosanna. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Dallas Bishop Edward J. Burns addressed the faithful of the diocese, saying with a heavy heart, late Saturday, after at least eight people died, including a child, were killed during the mass shooting at an outlet mall in Allen, Texas. He said, like all of you, I am deeply troubled by the shooting in the community of Allen and the senseless disregard for life that has occurred in our community. Now, Bishop Burns went on to say the Catholic community is in unity and solidarity with the families who have lost loved ones in this tragedy. May God, our Heavenly Father, bring comfort and strength to all affected by this tragic event. And we ask God to comfort our community, the victims, and their families. Now, authorities said a gunman opened fire at the Allen Premium Outlets, a Dallas-area outlet mall, killing eight and wounding at least another seven people before being killed by a police officer who happened to be also at the mall at that time. Victims range in age from five to 61 years old, authorities said. Now, by Sunday afternoon, authorities said they still had no information as to the shooter's motives. And terrifying security camera footage has captured the moments before an SUV slammed into a crowd of people outside a migrant shelter in the border city of Brownsville, Texas, on Sunday morning. The video shared by Texas Congressman Henry Cooler shows a group of people waiting for a bus outside the city's Bishop Enrique San Pedro Ozonum Center. Now, a gray Range Rover with then rams into them. Seven people were killed in the crash and eighth died in the hospital later on Sunday. And at least nine others were hospitalized. Most of the victims were Venezuelan men who had spent the night at the shelter and were boarding a bus to return to downtown Brownsville. Sister Norma Pimentel, the executive director of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, said the Orzenman Center in Brownsville typically houses some migrants overnight and had received no direct threats in connection with the border crisis in recent week. Sister Pimentel said it is truly unfortunate and tragic thing that happened and that migrants don't deserve to face this tragic reality. Well, authorities on Sunday said they found the two-year-old girl who vanished from her home near Hubbard, Oregon, Saturday night. The girl went missing north of Oregon Road 211 around 6 p.m. near the border of Clackamas and Marion Counties. She was found 17 hours later, exposed to the elements, but in good health, according to the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office, who said she was taken to the hospital. According to a close family friend, the toddler's 12-year-old brother and grandfather were watching her while her mother was at work. The grandfather was keeping an eye on her while her brother stepped away to use the bathroom. And at some point, she walked out of the house and in those few moments disappeared. Clackamas County Search and Rescue found her at 11 a.m. Sunday morning. Spending the night overnight. I mean, it... uh uh, fortunately, you know, weather was was a little bit easier, and yeah. they were able to find her. Oh, her guardian angels mm. stand by her. I think many were probably standing by her overnight. 
Well, a stretch of TriMet's MAX train service has resumed normal operations on Sunday after service was disrupted for three weeks while crews worked on track upgrades and maintenance along the Interstate 84 corridor. Now, all train services had been suspended between Northeast 7th Avenue Station and Gateway Transit Center since April 16th for TriMet's A Better Red project. Now, TriMet had shuttle buses running on a loop between those two stations and stopping at the Lloyd Center Hollywood, uh, Northeast 60th Avenue and 82nd Avenue stations in between. Now, the closure was primarily to give crews space to add new switches and crossover junctions on the tracks north of Gateway. But crews also performed more than a dozen other maintenance and cleanup projects along the I-84 MAX corridor. Now, the Better Red Project is a three-year project upgrade for the MAX Red Line. It aims to eliminate most of the waiting game by adding new tracks and station platforms at Gateway exclusively for westbound Red Line trains. Now, the project has reached the halfway mark ahead of schedule and is slated to be completed in September of 2024. Well, Outside Magazine has named Ecola State Park on the Oregon coast as one of the 18 best state parks in the U.S. Publication called the popular destination Moody and Dramatic and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Found on the North Oregon coast near Cannon Beach, Ecola is known for its dramatic cliffside views as well as its beach access points and dense coastal forest. The magazine also noted the good surfing at Ecola with conditions ideal for beginners. Ecola was the only Pacific Northwest park to make the cut, joining 17 other state parks from Alaska to Maine. Outside said the list was generated by asking local experts to select spots that offered wildlife, flora, wilderness, solitude, dramatic landscapes, and national park-like experiences. Ecola offers a variety of hiking experiences as well, including the newly reopened Indian Beach Trail and Clatsop Loop Hike. I mean, we're lucky in this region oh. because we have so many great parks. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. What I'd like to know is, uh, I've, I don't know that I've ever been to a beach when it was moody. Oh, yes. I've been to many moody many, beaches. Many yes. a moody beach, huh? <laughs> Well, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival artistic director Nataki Garrett resigned from the organization on Friday. Garrett is leaving the Oregon Shakespeare Festival after four years leading the organization. Now, according to the festival, OSF board member Octavio Solis will step in to help support the artistic leadership team and find a replacement artistic director during the transition. Solis is a playwright and director based in Medford. Now, the endowment board president, Paul Christie, said Solis will help the organization continue forward without disruption to the current season. Now, Garrett's resignation comes during a fundraising campaign to save the current theater season and the organization itself as they struggle amidst a financial crisis. In a prepared statement, Garrett didn't provide a specific reason for leaving the organization. Now, OSF is trying to raise $2.5 million in order to present, prevent layoffs and complete a 2023 season. The organization has already suspended planning for the 2024 season pending the fundraising campaign and is expected to provide next steps for this season 
by the end of the month. All right. In sports, NBA playoffs, the Western Conference semifinals between Phoenix and Denver all nodded at two games apiece following the Suns' 129-124 victory over the Nuggets yesterday evening. Series returns to Denver for Game 5 tomorrow night. In the East, it was Philadelphia edging Boston 116-115. to That series also tied at 2-all with Game 5 set for tomorrow on the Celtics' home floor. Tonight, it's New York at Miami with the Heat leading the Knicks 2-1. And in the West, Golden State plays at Los Angeles with the Lakers up 2-1 on the defending champs. So what is the best gift a child could receive on their first communion? Is it a new toy, a shiny new Bible, fancy necklace? Well, the best gift a child can receive on their first communion is Jesus himself. Now this may seem like a letdown to some, but in reality, we can cherish this gift for the rest of our lives and even into eternity. When recalling his first communion, Pope Benedict XVI explained what he felt on that day, saying, But at the heart of my joy and beautiful memories is this one. I understood that Jesus had entered my heart. He had actually visited me. And with Jesus, God himself was with me. And I realized that this is a gift of love that is truly worth more than all the other things that life can give. Now, John Paul II described the First Communion of St. Therese of Lisieux when meeting with children in 1979. And he said, St. Therese of the Child Jesus, recalling the day of her First Communion, wrote, Oh, how sweet was the first kiss that Jesus gave my soul. It was a kiss of love. I felt love. And I said in my turn, I love you. Well, unfortunately, our children do not always have the same response to such a gift. As with all graces, it will depend on how well the child is disposed to receiving Jesus and if they know whom they are receiving. Yet, that should not stop us from trying to show our children how beautiful a gift they will be receiving and to remind ourselves of the gift we receive Every Sunday, David, I love I love watching and being present when sacraments happen, baptisms, Mm -hmm. first communion confirmations. Now, first communion has happened at Holy Redeemer yesterday. Yeah. And I was watching all the kids. I could see their faces as they were coming back around to sit in their pew with their presence uh, with their parents. I should say every single one of them. Just smiling. That's nice. Just smiling. So I think they have a good sense of what's happening. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on Saturday at 10 a.m. is an annual Walk for Life in Salem meeting at Blanche High School on Market Street. Now bring the entire family to this walk of about two miles round trip happening in rain or shine or in this case, maybe even a little heat next Saturday. All proceeds benefit Michael the Archangel and St. Germain Pregnancy Support Centers. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview on the Pope Benedict Lecture Series right after the forecast. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovite is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovite is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline. For married couples. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jumpstart to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at MaterDayRadio.com. And it is 844 at Mater Day Radio. You know, I know our Oregon beaches so well that if you name one, I can give you its personality just oh, really? like that. I can do that. Yes. Okay. It's just, uh, Manzanita. Rambunctious. <laughs> I like that. Your weather today, 60% chance of rain, high of 62 degrees. Showers overnight tonight, low of 46. Then partly sunny skies for Tuesday, high of 67. Sunny Wednesday, High of 73, just gets warmer from there. Currently, it is 51 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 50 degrees at St. Rita Church in Portland. I am back with Dr. Roland Miliari. He is joining me today as we talk about Pope Benedict XVI. The community has a wonderful opportunity on Thursday to join Roland in a beautiful Archbishop lecture series. He's going to be talking about the gift of the liturgical wisdom of Joseph Ratzinger. Roland, thank you so much for staying with me this morning. It's my pleasure, Brenda. 
many of us first came to know Joseph Ratzinger when we heard his name when he was elected and took the name Pope Benedict. In your study of of his theology, and as you just said a moment ago, I mean, his whole life devoted to bringing people closer to their experience with the Lord. But did the papacy change how Joseph Ratzinger thought and wrote about the church prior to his election as Pope, and then, well, what he felt his responsibility was as Pope in the years after his election. Sure, you know, he was he's always consistently been kind of this shy, humble, uh, quiet, professor, intellectual type. And I think even as, as Pope, as Pontiff, right, I mean, that, you know, didn't change. I mean, when he was the head of the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, I mean, oftentimes, right, he'd be running to meetings, and then he did not hesitate, right, to stop and take pictures of people who asked him to, you know, to to take pictures, right? When he was elected pope, I mean, one of the things that he did was he he went around to say goodbye to his neighbors, right? And and not just his neighbors, but really the, the help, the domestic help. I mean, he came, comes from uh, came from very humble roots. He's son of a police officer. Right? His mother worked as a as a domestic servant, um, and, and he was always, in many ways, a you know simple, humble man. So as far as did he change? No, but I mean he he you know he leaned into those intellectual gifts, and unfortunately, uh, I don't think the the world was you know able to in a position to hear him. I mean, I think for example, his great really, it's a brilliant lecture at the University of Regensburg. Um, but people misheard it, right? I mean, they, they took things were taken out of context. It was just seen as a as a critique um, against Islam, right? When really it was a larger critique of, of the modern world, uh, which wants to subordinate reason to, to will, to power, to irrational violence. Uh, and then, of course, taking his words out of context, what, what happened? There, there was a lot of irrational Violence, which really kind of substantiated his his speech, and uh, he really gave a lot of marvelous speeches as Pope. Um, you know, when he was in, in I think, in, when he was in Westminster uh, in in England and Washington D.C. in Cuba. Um, I'm hoping over time people will begin to appreciate his his speeches and his homilies. In fact, my Archbishop here in Galveston, Houston, Cardinal Donardo, uh, thinks that he's the greatest homilist since. Augustine. Wow. Those are the kind of, uh, so I'm hoping people will, will read more of his writing, not just the, the academic writing, but, but the homilies, the reflections. Um, sure. Those opportunities where he can just speak directly to the people hearing him. You have an opportunity to learn more about it at the Archbishop's Lecture Series at Christ the King coming up on Thursday. Dr. Roland Miliari will be joining us in person. Roland, the theme of the evening, the gift of the liturgical wisdom of Joseph Ratzinger, Benedict XVI. You know, why was liturgy, both the theology behind it and the practice of it, so important to Pope Benedict? Sure. So he, um, for Benedict, I mean, his collected writings, I mean, the funny thing is he, he describes his theology as incomplete, fragmentary, unfinished. But when you put his collected works together, you end up with 15 volumes, thousands of pages, and the first volume that he wanted published was his volume 11, which is his theology of liturgy. And in the introduction to that, he quotes the rule of St. Benedict. It says, above all else, right, the, the liturgy is to be preferred, the Opus Dei. Um, and so, I mean, that, you know, it, it's, 
I mean, it's the liturgy that sets the stage for everything. In fact, we have this axiom in theology relating to the lex orani, the law of prayer, praying to the lex credendi, the law of belief. And it's prayer, it's liturgy that sets the stage for our our belief. And so next Thursday, I'll be talking, you know, taking from themes from the spirit of the liturgy in, in Sacramentum Caritatis. I mean, talking about what he understands by the word liturgy, talking about what actual or active participation means, um, talking about the notion of you know, the minister, the significance of the, the symbolism, the minister facing or offering liturgy ad orientum, that is towards towards the east. And then ultimately, I mean, the implications of the liturgy for our life, how, we, how we're called to to live, right? So there's this connection not uh, to also the lex, what we call the lex vivendi, the law of living. There's an implication for um, how we live the Christian life that should flow out of the liturgy. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he exhorts us to make of our bodies a living sacrifice. I mean, so the Eucharist that we celebrate, we participate in in Mass, should dictate the manner in which we live, right? This is my body given up for you. This is the chalice of my blood that shall be poured out. I mean, that love that we encounter in the Holy Eucharist should flow out of all that we, we say and do in relationship to, to others. Oh, well, uh, again, it's going to be such a wonderful evening. How you are going to be able to get all of this information into this this one short lecture, uh, I will be excited to see how that happens. And again, for our deacons to be able to have a weekend with you there at Mount Angel, uh, it's surely going to be blessed time for sure. Well, Roland, I really appreciate your time today. We all look forward to the lecture series, and uh, we look forward to seeing you here at Christ the King in Milwaukee. All right. Thank you so much, Brenda. I look forward to my first trip to, and not my last, to, to Portland. Oh, we are looking forward to welcoming you for sure. And again, that is Dr. Roland Miliari. So the lecture series, again, it is coming up on Thursday. It begins at 715 at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. I will be sure to add information where you can get all of the details about the evening event. You're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.52 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Monday morning. Start of the new week. Have you done it yet? Have you downloaded the free, I say free, mm-hmm. Hail Mary Media app? I know we've had over 2,000 folks do it. If you haven't done it yet, it's really easy. Just go to our website, materdayradio.com. All the information there, how to download it, and you'll have access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune in to live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. You can sign up for customized prayer reminders. You can listen to the podcast versions of all of our show's recordings as well as so much more. Again, it is the free Hail Mary media app. All the information and how to download on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, 
Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Dei Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. Day 55 at Mater Day Radio. Got about a 60% chance of a shower today, high of 62 degrees. Same for tonight, low of 46. Then for Tuesday, partly sunny, 67. Wednesday, sunny, 73. Thursday, 75. Friday, 83. Saturday, <laughs> we could be into the 90s. Wow. is that amazing? Okay. All right, we'll see. Currently 52 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today here is Sean Garrison and Sarah Kroger and God Alone. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. of gladness for the Lord the most high the awesome is the great king over all the earth sing praise to the Lord sing praise sing praise to our king sing praise in God alone my soul rejoices in God alone my spirit sings he alone my strength my fortress Pour out my heart in praise to God alone. Oh God, you are 
Sean Garrison and Sarah Kroger, God Alone. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. That's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you on the start of this new week. Thank you so much for joining us. You know what? we got a full week of shows ahead. Oh, that's the great thing about Mondays. That's right. you got a great week to look forward to. We do indeed. <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. It is Monday. That means Living Stones on this evening. We hope you have a very blessed day.